Good morning, TMBC. Good is that, morning. Is that something Pastor Lynn is supposed to do? Okay. Oh, we need to move over, over. <laughs> Yeah, I got to move over. Um, oh, oh, before I forget, and I know he's going to hate being embarrassed, but we have a guitar player. Yay! Good morning, Jim. <laughs> and he's great. <laughs> he's, he's really good. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's go ahead and start with uh, Good Christian Men Rejoice. Oh, yeah, let's, let's stand, please. We're all good Christian men, and we got to stand. Wait, that's not right. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Oxen as before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear a endless voice. Joy, joy, Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened heaven's door, and man is blessed evermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the great peace, peace. Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born for this. Christ was born to save. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm out of breath now. <laughs> save. It was save. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, save. Yeah. Christ is born to save. Yes. We still love him. <laughs> yep. But believe it or not, in, in a previous lifetime, I was, I was in a, a madrigal group, you know, in college. And we, we, sang, we sang songs like this, like, twice as fast. So I have to slow myself down to sing this slow. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, oh, um, what's next? Uh, Jasper. Jasper. Thank you, Jasper. Thank you, Paul. Good morning. Mike Dustin. There you go. <laughs> just making sure. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay, just a quick announcement. This coming Saturday, we're going to have men's prayer breakfast at 6.30 a.m. And uh, Laddie Moon offering. No, no, Don says no. Oh, 8.30 a.m. So don't, don't be that early. Okay. I feel sorry for the one who was cooking. That's good. Meaning somebody reading the bulletin. Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay, Laddie Moon offering. Our goal this year is $12,000. Let us continue to pray and support the ministry that God entrusted to us. And I believe time will come. We're going to face the Lord, and we're going to stand before him, and we're going to be accountable with those ministries. So let us, as a church, let us continue to support and pray for the ministry that God entrusted to us. Shall we pray? Lord, we praise and thank you for who you are and what you've done, dear God, for us, especially for giving your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die in our behalf as uh, the great manifestation of your love. And Father, we pray, Lord, that uh, our time together will be a, a great opportunity to manifest your love through our action, words, through our minds, become a channel of your love to one another. And Father, Lord, we, we thank you for this uh, special day, especially for our brother and sister, uh, Sarah and Alex, as their act of obedience to you. We pray, Lord, that this is going to be a reminder for us, Lord, especially to those who, who 
been baptized, that this will be a reminder for us that once and for all, we made a commitment to you to follow you, Lord, uh, until the time you're going to take us in this world. And we pray, Lord, that we will be found faithful, serving you, loving you, knowing you more, and serving others. And we praise you for this opportunity to worship as a church, as a family, and we bring back all the glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, we have a, we have this surprise. We're, we're going to be having a, a baptism, Yay. and I think I still need to stall a little bit. Oh, we're ready. Re right now? Okay, we're ready now. We're going to get out of the way so so you guys can see. Good morning, Tucson Mountain. It is my pleasure to baptize Sarah this morning. She is, it's also her birthday. She wanted to be baptized on her birthday. What an awesome thought. So Jasper and Iris have spoken with her, and mom and dad have spoken with her, and bless her heart, she knows she's accepted the Lord as her Savior, and there's no question in her mind. So without further ado, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sierra Molly Mendez. We have another one coming up, too. Give me the screen down for just a second, Leonard. Now, this is Alex. If you haven't noticed, Alex and Sierra are very, very close. I think they might be getting closer one day. But Alex, again, Jasper and Iris, he's, they've been working in the youth. And Alex originally told me he wasn't going to get baptized today because he wanted this day to be very, very special to Sierra. But I guess she talked him into it. <laughs> so I want to also baptize you, Alex, Alejandro, Angel Para. My brother in Christ. So let's go ahead and uh, read the scripture. I asked, I asked Chris to find me something uh, Christ, you know, Christ's birth related. And, uh, we're in Matthew 1. But when he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying... Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Now all this has come to pass, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. God with us. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be singing a special later that really relates to that. You'll see. You'll hear it, maybe. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and sing, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear.
touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. All ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Round the age of gold, when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling, and the whole world give back the song which now the angels sing. Oh. I love singing Christmas carols. <laughs> I like singing anyway. Okay, what's the next song? Uh, Away in a Manger. How about that? <laughs> Away in a Manger. Paul needs a nap. <laughs> okay. Okay, right? <laughs> Away. Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But the little Lord Jesus no crying he makes. I love the Lord Jesus. Look down from the sky and stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care. And fit us for heaven to live with thee there. Amen. I love Christmas carols. Okay. Um, oh. 
Is the special next? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna try to do a special for you, a special song, Mary Did You Know? And I have the, I have the privilege of um, Debbie coming up here to, I'm helping her, I'm helping her sing this song. Uh, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh, Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Oh, Mary. Did you know? I want to thank the churches of the Southern Baptist Convention 
for sending your missionaries and your support to Ukraine. I came to know Jesus Christ because of a Southern Baptist missionary. I began to grow as a Christian because of a Southern Baptist missionary. And we have served with the missionaries from the IMB over all these years. I planted my church. I was ordaining this church with a missionary from the IMB ordaining me. And right now when the war in Ukraine began, my wife, she had to walk across the border from Ukraine into Romania. And the first people who met her on that other side were our dear friends from the IMB. They were able to welcome her, to give her a hug, to give her a hot cup of tea and to send her further. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your presence with us around the world. God bless you abundantly. Good morning, Tucson Mountain. What a way to start a day with baptisms. I love it. What in the world is God doing today? I guess it depends on how you ask the question. What in the world is God doing? Or what in the world is God doing? You know, the United Nations is the single most diverse gathering group of people in the world in one place when they meet. And I printed out the list. I was, I was sort of amazed because there's, right now, there's still currently 193 members in this diverse group of people. And they're from all over the world, Afghanistan, Argentina, Australia, Belarus, Brazil, Canada, China, Chile. I got three pages of this. <laughs> Switzerland, Thailand, Trinidad, Uganda, United States, of course, Vietnam, Russia, the Philippines, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia. I can't pronounce that one. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try. Dominican Republic, Ethiopia, France, Guatemala, the list goes on and on and on. You get my idea. It's amazing to me that only one thing could truly bring this such a diverse group of people together. And if you think about it, we need to stop and really, really tune in on this. It's Jesus. There's a reason he's bringing all these people together. And you're sitting here wondering, why in the world are you talking about the United Nations, right? Well, the answer is very simple. In my humble opinion, I believe God is building his kingdom. And I can prove it with scripture to back it up. Jesus spoke about it. He's, his favorite expression, he tied with the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, it's repeated over 150 times, the kingdom of God. And he says that, and he brings that to us. The very first scripture we look at is Luke 8, 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from town to town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He moved from town to town and village to village, and he was constantly proclaiming the kingdom of God, just like in the video we just saw. Now, I'm going to throw out a challenge when we close today, and some of you are going to probably be really uncomfortable squirming in your seats. But I think maybe we need to think about things some differently. Matthew 6.10 says, Thy kingdom come. We need to be praying for that, that his kingdom comes and is complete. What does it mean? We need to claim this next verse in Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added to you. But let's think, what is his kingdom? Have you ever really thought about that? What is his kingdom? Well, it's not a government. It's not a political power. It's not even a nation. It's a spiritual realm. It's a spiritual realm. The kingdom of God is wherever the king of heaven is in the hearts of men. Now, I want you to put that in perspective for a few seconds. It's also, Scripture says that the kingdom is within you as a believer. So what does that mean? It's, it's also tied to an attitude. It's tied to an attitude. <clears throat> I apologize in advance because I'm having a little problem with my voice this morning. It's sort of like your bulletins. <clears throat> they look a little tough this morning because we're having printer problems. So pray for the printer, okay? Uh, we need to be saying, I want God's will in my life. We want God's will in our life. He's spreading the kingdom all around the world. Let's think about this. He's building up his followers. How's he building up his followers today? He's building up his followers through his people. Because we're the ones that are supposed to carry the message. And we're to give that to anybody who'll stand still long enough to listen. And if we have to, we'll follow them. Right? Are you guys awake this morning? Or is it just me? Okay. God says we need to be on the move. He says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in the Great Commission, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus made a prediction while he was here on earth. He says, this group is going to grow to astronomical sizes out of just these 12 guys right here. And guess what? It has. There's some amazing things that are taking place around the world. He says you're going to go first to Jerusalem, then to Judea, and then to Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the world. But see, there's some sad news in all this we're looking at too, but we're going to look at that in just a second. He told specific parables about the kingdom of God. In Matthew 13, 31, he told them another parable. The kingdom of the heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. And it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Jesus is saying the kingdom is going to grow worldwide. And it has been. He says it's going to expand and there's going to be enormous branches. And if you think about it, there are enormous branches. There's branches everywhere. The church is widely planted and deeply rooted for growth. But I think right now we're facing a lot of challenges. Even in this age of mass communication, it amazes me that how little we as American churches understand what's going on in all these other foreign countries, just like we watch some of these videos. But we don't always realize what's happening in those foreign countries and how much struggle they're going through at certain times. So I thought I was going to give you guys a little update this morning. All right? So here we go. Around the world, it is estimated that over 65 million people Except Christ each year. Is that good news? Okay, well, wake up and get with it. 
approximately 4,000 churches are started every year. The Southern Baptist Convention, the last year I could get some records on, said that in spite of everything that was taking place, in 2021, they baptized 314,959 people. We got to do two this morning. In Africa, churches are growing at an astounding rate. Even though they're facing all the persecution, all the problems with communism, all the problems with Muslim, everything, they're now over, I want you to listen to this number, 1.1 billion Christians in Africa and Asia. Do you realize that that's more than the total population of the United States? Right now, we're only sitting at about 340 million. There's a church in Nigeria that's grown from 10 members to over 65,000 in 20 years. 10 to 65,000 in 20 years. The largest churches in the world are no longer in the United States. They're overseas. Now, I don't want any of you to have culture shock, okay? But white evangelical Christians, we're a minority now. If you go to a church conference with multiple churches, you look out across those people and you see red and yellow, black and white, we are all precious in his sight. Amen? They talk about this. There's incredible spiritual growth taking place in all these places. In Brazil, the number of Christians is reaching 60% of their total population. Now think about that. That's one, uh, one, uh, two out of every three people. It's amazing to me. There are more evangelical Christians in Brazil than there is in all of Europe, the population of Europe. The third world churches are expanding. Think about this. In Korea, there are now 12 million believers. It's nearly 30% of their population. The largest Presbyterian church, Methodist church, Pentecostal church in the world, all of them are now sitting in Korea. Now, the largest church in the world overall, I had to do a little research to find this one. In the whole world, is the Yoido Gospel, full gospel church in South Korea. You ready for this? They have 480,000 members. They asked the pastor, how do, you, how do you figure who those members are? How do you get a count on that? He said, we only count the ones that tithe. <laughs> Think about that for a second. We only count the ones that tithe. They said, we have an old computer system. It doesn't work that great. So we only count the ones that give, right? They've enlarged their auditorium multiple times. The last time they enlarged it from 25,000 to 35,000 seats and they still have to run seven services on Sunday. And three to five services each day of the week. 
That's a lot of people. Can you imagine the parking problem? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the valet guy. Listen, tremendous spiritual growth is taking place around the world. Have you ever wondered, with all this happening, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? I got to thinking about that as I was doing the research on this. I'm thinking, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Well, let me tell you the most important thing we need to remember. If you want Jesus to come back, you need to think about some things. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So why is God waiting? 2 Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Thank God he was patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. When Jesus come back, comes back to earth, he says there's going to be someone from every tribe, every nation, every culture, every tongue that's going to be there. He's waiting for what I call total immersion evangelism. That's my tagline. What is God doing in the world? He's building a kingdom. How is he doing it? He's doing it through his people. But here's the thing. The real question and the most important question is, how can we get involved in this in a bigger way? What can we do to become more involved in this type of evangelism? The greatest movement in the world, the greatest cause in the world, is the movement and cause of Christ. What are we doing to be a part of it? What an opportunity Think about that. How can we be part in this world? Matthew 6, once again says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. We usually like to read the second part of that verse. And all these things will be given to you. We get all the land and all the houses and all the tech toys and all the cars, right? It's awful quiet. Here's the problem. Okay, so I get benefits if I follow the Lord. Those rewards are promised. We've talked about those before. But how do you define God's kingdom? Is it houses, land, toys, and cars? Well, let's think about this for a second. Here's a second. God says the person who puts the kingdom of God first and puts me first and follows me and is obedient to me, I promise that I will take care of all their needs. Now, he doesn't say wants and desires. Now, remember, we talked about wants and desires last week. But here's the thing. He said, I will meet all your needs. But we have to make him number one priority. He says, you have to put that expression into your life. You have to live it out. You have to flesh it out. And I will meet all your needs. That's his promise to us. But how do we do that? How do we seek first the kingdom of God? Well, I have some practical suggestions. Five particular ways that we can do that. How to be a part of what God is doing in the world today. How to know without a shadow of a doubt you're participating in his cause and his major event movement in multiplying and encouraging and enlarging his kingdom. Commit your life completely to Christ first. 
That's what he said. You have to make him the absolute king of your life. Whatever your background is, wherever it's at, he, he has to be your director. He has to be your CEO. He has to be your fearless leader. Whatever terminology it is, he has to be the number one thing in your life. You have to commit your life completely to God. Tell him you want him to be the manager of everything in your life. Surrender it to him. What does that mean? Jesus said in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So you must commit your life completely to him. What does that mean? It means the very first thing it means is you have to surrender all those closet sins. And we all need to do that. Some of us have sins stuck in the closet and we think we're hiding them. You think God doesn't see them? Seriously? He sees them. But he says, you know what? I anticipate and expect you to surrender those closet sins to me. He said, I'll help you with those. The second thing you have to do is you have to say, Lord, I am willing to be used anywhere, anytime, anyhow, any way you want. That's a tough one. Anytime, anyhow, any way you want. I don't know about that. Commit your life completely to him. But that's what he asked. The second thing is you have to become better informed. Become informed. It's embarrassing to me sometimes, and it amazes me sometimes, how much little we know about all these other churches around the world and what they're struggling with. How is a church going to grow? How is a church going to become all a church is supposed to be if they don't get engaged in global events. Colossians 1.6 says, All over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it, and understood God's grace in all its truth. Look, I think in order for us to be a world-class church, we have to have a world view, a worldwide view, in order to do that. We have to get out of our comfort zone. Challenge is coming. We have to get out of the comfort zone. We need to see the world from a more global perspective. And that sometimes is hard. Because we say, you know, this is larger than just me. It's not me and my four and no more. It's larger than me. It's larger than you. It's larger than our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids. We need to get beyond that method of thinking. He goes on to say that this is so much bigger. Do you realize we have more branches than McDonald's and Taco Bell combined? There are books, there are tapes, there are radio shows, there are TV shows. There's all these things that help keep us informed. But how often do we tune in and, and pay attention to those things? How often when you're scrolling, looking at cat pictures on your computer, do you decide to look at something else that is more important? Like what's happening in the world in Christendom. We need to do that. We have to get out of our own backyard, not just mentally, but physically. Challenge is coming. Begin with prayer. Where do we begin? We begin with prayer. 
Begin praying for another Christian somewhere in the world. We got these maps back here. And we've got people listening and watching online in all these weird places. There's all these places. There's little pins all over the map. Paul and Beth put this map on. They said, look at this. This is where people are listening and watching. I'm going, what? They said, yeah, these people are listening and watching. And I'm going, I don't even know the name of some of these little places. Some of these countries in the world that are watching us and listening to the singing and the music. It amazes me. I praise God for that. But you know what? How do you pray for someone you've never met? Well, I've got an idea. Get a map. And put that map at your house. If you don't have one, I'll print you one. Or I'll get you one. I came to the realization this week that there are seven continents. There's seven days of the week. You could pray for a different continent every day of the week and then start over the first day of the next week. There's a start, right? Pray for Africa, pray for Asia, pray for all those countries that are over there. Become informed. Be aware of what's going on out there. Christians are growing and we have to realize it. it it's a guesstimated, think about this. It's guesstimated that nearly two and a half billion people worldwide still have not heard the word of God. Two and a half billion. It's incredible to me. And they're primarily from three major groups. Muslims, Hindus, and Chinese. But we have all these other smaller countries that are around that haven't heard also. Ask God to give you a heart for these people. Help us draw near to that. And then number four, be willing to give. Now, I told you last week was only the second time I've said anything about giving. I'm going to say just the one more time a little bit about giving, and I won't say any more about it probably until next year. <laughs> you got that, huh? Took you long enough. Every time you give to the Lord's work, you're investing in somebody's eternity. We need to remember that. We have to be a part of that. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Paul says, set aside that money, and then when it's asked for to support other churches and other means, then you'll have it already set aside. There doesn't have to be a special offering taking place. You guys have been very generous. We support missions worldwide through the International Mission Board. We support various churches. There's, there's churches in our area that we are still giving support to because they are sister churches and they are struggling. But it's one of those things where we're trying to keep those doors open. Listen. We have to be willing to start new missions. We have to be willing to spread God's word around the world. I'm always impressed with the abundance and amazed with the abundance that we have in America. I know there's a lot of poverty here in America too. But the affluence and influence that we have sometimes amazes me because it tends to insulate us and isolate us from what's going on in other parts of the world. Now think about this for a second. Many evangelists and missionaries are living in poverty, some of them abject poverty. I read a, an account of some pastors here that went to a church conference, a large church conference, 
And one of the things that come up, there was a pastor from India. And he had been walking all day to get to where this conference was at. But when he got there, his feet were swollen and bloody because he hadn't had shoes in almost three months. But he wanted to go to this conference. So after he got there, those that were holding the conference made sure that he got some shoes. They got at least two pairs of shoes and some clothes and were able to get his feet healed up and have some of the team that was there look at his feet. There was another pastor from Zimbabwe that went to a similar conference, and he said his daughter didn't, was getting married, and they were all happy, all the pastors were great, but, but she didn't have a wedding dress. So all these pastors chipped in and helped get her a wedding dress so he could take that wedding dress back to his daughter so that she could get married in their wedding dress. And then in Nigeria, I read of another pastor that before he gets up to speak, there is a government employee standing there with his hand out, and he has to pay $15 before he can even preach. Every time. So they have to hold back whatever offering they get and to make sure they have that $15 just so he can get up and preach the following week. Tremendous challenges, tremendous poverty, and tremendous problems. Do you realize, I ran some other statistics, you know I'm a statistic guy. The average Americans spend more on dog food every year than they do in giving to missions. Where have my priorities gone? One last quick story. There was a young man at one of these conferences, and he was graduating college, and, and he was, he'd finished his uh, bachelor's degree, and he's going into... Um, marketing and, and world management, and he was looking at import and export businesses. And he was asked why he wanted to go into the import-export business. And he says, well, I figure if I'm in the import and export business, it'll give me the licensure and the availability to go into all these different countries. And then if I'm able to go into all these different countries, then I'm going to take my knowledge and my skill set in import and export and I'm going to take the additional funds from the import and export business, and I'm going to donate it to World Mission so I can spread the word of God. This kid had his priorities right. He said, I'm going to use my business to further the kingdom of God here on earth. So you can pray, you can commit yourself, you can give. You know what? You can be informed but the last thing is you need to be ready to serve. Ready to serve. What does that mean? Listen, no matter what you do, you can have a job, a small part in some way, somewhere. I want you to stick with me in this last part because here comes a challenge. We can go on short-term mission trips. We can go for a week. We can go for two weeks. It's an interesting fact that we can help encourage local churches. We do do that in a couple of different venues. We can become a part by being a prayer partner. We can become a part by writing letters to encourage those missionaries and those other individuals in these foreign countries that are struggling with these things. We can help with additional financial support. 
In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Now, it doesn't say you may be my witnesses. It says you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I read about a church up in Seattle that during the summertime, their attendance drops. And you're going, yeah, so what? All churches' attendance drops in the summertime because of vacations, right? Well, they anticipate this drop. And they anticipate about a 25% drop because 25% of their congregation goes on short-term mission trips. Some to local churches in the state, some into churches in the other state. Some of them go to foreign countries. When that article was written, they were sending out teams to go to Africa, Asia, and India. We need to be challenged. You know the interesting thing I thought about all this? Throughout all this, every single one of these missionaries, every single one of these evangelists that go, and all the churches that are growing and the places where they're growing the most, they're under pressure. They're under tremendous pressure. They're struggling financially. They're struggling to be able to keep the doors open. They're struggling to be able to preach. They're struggling to be able to teach. Some of them are having to convert back to house churches and underground churches so that they can just spread God's word. They're under pressure. We're not under very much pressure here, are we? But look at where the growth has taken place. Some of you are going, well, I'm too old. I got a job. I can't go. Some of you are thinking, well, I can't speak that language. You know what? That's why God made translators. We have to put this in perspective. Do you realize that 90% of all Christian workers in the world serve and minister to 10% of the people? Think about that for just a second. 97% of all Christians in the world minister to 10% of the people. That means that only 3% of the other workers minister to the other 90% of the people. What does that say? Next year, we should be planning to spend some time and minister in other ways. That's a challenge to each and every one of us. Here's the thing. I realized recently, I stand up here and preach and teach to you guys on, on Sundays, on Wednesdays, and I'm thinking, you know what? I could teach some of you how to teach the way I teach so that you could show other people what God's word says and how to define it. It doesn't require anything special. Trust me. It just requires the willingness to do it and the availability to do it. All you have to do is open God's book and help somebody understand what it says. In Africa, they don't need people to evangelize. What they need is people to help these new baby-born Christians become more mature. That's what we need. That's what they need. We can multiply our ministry 10 times over that way. 
We're going to be exploring setting up some of those training sessions next year. So be prepared for that. I might challenge you again here pretty soon. Some of you say, you, you need to just pray. God, if you want me to go, then make it possible for me to go. Make it possible for me to go financially. Make it possible for me to go schedule-wise. Make it possible for me to go if this is truly what you want me to do. And then give me the answer to go. You know, we can read Scripture. We can teach Scripture here on Sunday mornings, Wednesdays. But there's something that we need to remember. We've read the end of the book we know we're going to win in the end. So what is our hesitation? I wonder. Revelation 5, 9 through 14 says this. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and tens thousands times ten thousands. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and all the elders fell down and worshiped. We need to remember God has put us here for a reason. God has put us here for a purpose, and it's not to get too comfortable. Comfort's good when you're resting. But we have work to do. And he challenges us all to do the work. Not just some of us, all of us. The Bible says one day, one day every single person is going to profess Jesus as Lord. There will be no option at the end time. At the day of judgment, everybody will admit that Jesus Christ is Lord. Philippians 2, 10, 11 says this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, right now, if you're not a believer, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you have an option. You can say no. You can say, I don't believe, and there's some that might be watching or sitting here today that believe that. But here's the problem. You either admit it now and become one of his followers, or eventually you're going to have to admit it at the judgment seat of Christ. And you're going to be in some interesting company, you know. Hitler's going to be there. Khomeini's going to be there. Bin Laden's going to be there. All those people that didn't believe in Jesus Christ are going to be there. And when that time comes, you're still going to have to profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about that. The greatest movement in the world 
is greater than communism. It's greater than capitalism. It's the cause of Christ. We have the opportunity to be a part of that. He's building his kingdom, and he's building his kingdom through his people. He, did, he, he chose to use people. He didn't have to use us, but he chose to use us because he wants us to share what we have with others. Let's pray. Father, if there's anyone here that, that doesn't quite understand all this, Lord, just help them understand. Help them pray like this. Lord, I don't, I don't know what it all means, but I want to open my life up to you. That's the first step. I want to take that step and commit my life completely to you. I want to make you and have you be the master planner in my life. Move in my life. I want you to be a part of what's happening in the world today. Listen, right here in this congregation today, Lord, I know it, you know it. We have the education, we have the resources, we have the talent and the availability to make a difference in the world we live in, right here in our Tucson Mountain community, but also in the rest of the world. We need to be willing to say, Lord, take us and use us anywhere, anytime, anyplace, anyhow, in any way you desire. Pray that in your life today. Father, it breaks my heart to know that there's over 2 billion people that still have not heard your word. But help us see and take on a larger global view. Remind each one of us that he offers us freedom from guilt and bitterness and resentment. He gives us a purpose in life. He gives us meaning in life. He gives us eternal life. Now, Father, if there's anyone here that does not know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts and their minds and just have them step out and come forward and share that with us, and we will show them what it means to be a Christian. We have others here that can share that with them too. And Father, if there's maybe there's those that are here that have made that decision, but they've never been baptized like Sierra and Alex was today. We, we thank you so much for them taking that step in obedience. And we pray that if there's others here that need to do that, that they would step forward and we'll help them complete that in their life. And Father, maybe there's those that are here that know they're saved and, 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 and they've accepted you as their Savior and Lord and they're living that life They've been baptized, but they've never connected and tied in with a really close-knit church family and been a part of a church like this. Father, I pray that you'd move in their life and draw them to you today. It's not just being drawn to this family. It's being drawn to the family of God. And we pray that you would encourage them to do that. Father, there's so many things happening around the world today that can distract us and take us away from your word and what it means to truly be a Christian. I just pray for those individuals today that struggle with that. I pray you keep them on task. Keep them working in your life and keep them working in this world to draw others to you. 
And we simply ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can and would, stand please. Thank you all for coming this morning and especially seeing that baptism. Wasn't that awesome? Yes. Listen, I just want to pray for you guys this morning. I, I, I don't often do this, but there's something going on in my mind and my heart. And I'm not sure where it's coming from. Um, but I'd just like to pray a blessing on you guys. I see we have a new guitar picker. Yes. And... Our other guitar players here, it's awesome. Things are growing. Things are expanding. But I just want to pray for you guys before we leave today. It's an, it's an awesome endeavor that you guys are such a great congregation, and I mean that. You are a wonderful congregation. And you are a wonderful family, and you work together, and you collectively do some things that without you and the power of God, we'd never get done. So... Um, Quick thing, do pray for the printer. Um, <laughs> as you can see from the bulletins, it's a little rough. Uh, we're waiting on some parts. Hopefully, we can get it running for a little while. But we're probably going to have to have a business meeting right after the first of the year. Uh, it's not that we 
have to ask permission for the funds. We have the funds, but I have to ask permission because it's above the limit that I have to spend if we're going to get a new copier. Uh, I'm only allowed to spend $5,000 without church approval. So that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I just, we're going to have to come back and talk to you guys. Okay. And we got some other projects we'd like to present. So probably after the first year, maybe in January sometime, we're going to have to come back and have a little chat. But let me pray with you before you go today. Father God, I just thank you so much for this wonderful group of people. I thank you for this congregation and the fact that they work so well with one another. They, they deal with the struggles in life, the uncertainties of the world we live in. And I thank you for the fact that they're willing to work alongside each other and support each other and encourage each other and love one another. Scripture tells us that the outside world will know us by our love for one another. And we pray that as we show that to one another, that the outside world will see it and understand it. We know some of them don't understand, Lord, but I pray that you would help them understand in a way that would draw them to you, not necessarily to us, but to you. And we'd love to see them be a part of this church, a part of this fellowship, a part of this family. But Lord, if that's not your will and desire, that's okay. But we just want them drawn to you and we want them to have a Savior like we have a Savior. Father, I pray a, a prayer of blessing and a prayer of protection over this body of believers. I pray that you would work in their lives to draw them closer to you, that you would give them the strength, the courage, and the heavenly wisdom they need to continue on day to day no matter what the circumstances or issues they may face. And we just thank you for your blessings, each and every one. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So stick around a minute. We're going to just sing one verse of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild god and sinners reconciled joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim christ is born in bethlehem Have a blessed week, everyone.